0: Into the Big Ten Huddle. I'm your host JR, and we're here to talk about all the things going on in the Big Ten. Of course, tonight we just had one of the craziest Big Ten basketball games of the season. Northwestern goes into West Lafayette. Boo Booey puts his stamp on the Big Ten scene this season by showing everybody the superstar that he is leading this Northwestern team to an overtime game, but the Purdue Boilermakers were just too much for them. We're going to get into it. Before we we do that i do want to introduce both of our guests we have joey lane from the drive the lane podcast and we have ant Wright. uh if you don't know ant then i don't know if you're a real college basketball fan so uh, i'm gonna let these guys introduce themselves tell you where you can find them at joey why don't you start us off yeah
1: absolutely so joey lane former ohio state basketball player from i almost can say back in the day now four years ago uh find me at drive the lane uh find me at Joey Smoke 14 weekly episodes about uh Big 10 basketball Ohio State specifics uh tons to talk about the Buckeyes lately all positive stuff it's been really fun shows so if you're a Buckeye fan come on down if you're not listening already I'm pretty surprised but um yeah we talk we talk to some other guys too and we have some other people on there too so all Big 10 fans would would uh would enjoy some some drive lane coverage. So yeah, happy to be here. Thanks, JR. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Yeah, I listen to drive the lane as often as I can. And I love it. Uh, Joey and his guys, they do a great job over there. And Joey, you've done some Big Ten games on like Big Ten Plus and stuff like that, haven't you? Yeah,
1: uh, a couple games on uh, Big Ten Plus, a game on Big Ten Network. Um, lots of fun uh, trying to trying to be the best Robbie Hummel that I can be. And uh, um, you know, I'm 3-0 when calling Ohio State games. So maybe they should have, if you know, if Ohio State wants to put in a good word to win some more games, maybe that's just the key. So who knows?
0: Yeah. Oh, don't worry. We'll talk about Ohio State, and we'll uh, we'll try to get them to put you on some of those games with your good luck charm. So, um, and everybody knows you. But why don't you go ahead and just tell people about you, where they can find you at any place other than Twitter?
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, I um I have a network of websites. Um, since we're on the Big Ten Big Ten pod, I've got about eleven websites out there. Um, if you guys, you know, have a certain team you guys root for, just, um, just shoot me a message and I'll let you know, like if I have your uh, school or not. Um, yeah, it's like all my stuff is pretty much on my page, whether it's my discord, whether it's my YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, it's all the, it's ain't right thing. So I don't know about if, if, if a lot of people know me, but. Um, but I see a lot of people like hate me, <laughs> which is fine, you know. Very opinionated, that's, people don't like that very much.
0: That's I enjoy myself, so has an opinion. <laughs> you're pretty an opinion pretty and other people pretty find much. a problem with you. Uh, no, I say that, Ant, because literally yeah. anybody I talk to on Twitter, they're like, Oh, yeah, I know Ant. Like, <laughs> so whether you feel like you're known or not,
2: I try not to engage. That. I I try to engage with as many people as I can. Um, If someone, like, if they follow me and they're always interacting with my tweets, you know, it's, like, my duty to, like, make sure that I'm always responding, whether it's a question, whether it's kind of, like, tagging along with what they're saying. I try to make sure that, like, I'm always responding, always engaging. Um, So, like, even if people are, like, fighting with me, I'll try to get them to like see what I'm talking about without, you know, crossing lines and getting personal and all that weird stuff. So um I do like it though. I do love it. I love the platform.
0: Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I appreciate you man. And uh always always appreciate good interactions that don't just turn into insults on Twitter. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's always good. Uh, we want to remind you, if you are listening to Big Ten Huddle for the first time, check us out on YouTube, Twitter, all those different platforms. Uh, go ahead and give this a video a like and a subscribe. Let us know in the chat if you have any thoughts about the game. We try to reference those as well. And uh, if you're listening on a podcast, please do give us a subscribe and rate us and give us a review over there as well. We are brought to you by Big Banter Sports, bigbantersports.com. The Big Ten Huddle is a podcast of big banter sports uh and you got a fan in the chat man ants breakdowns are uh whatever that emoji is i can't see it because it's got the white background but uh the java men they're a uh, big fan so
2: they do know you love it love it i love your breakdowns that's it's so fun and they're like i found a way to condense them and only get them i i can get them out in like five to five to like nine minutes now if i really want to like look look at a clip it takes me like less than 10 and it used to i used to add all these animations and all these things it would have been cooler but like Mm -hmm. they took me like an hour to do but now i could do like like eight clips in an hour just just like boom 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 and then by time someone's done watching the first one i've got two up after that and then so they're just you know what i mean and it's and, and it's just uh yeah man man and i i love film film junkie um my my college coach was like super was was a psycho when it came to like film and so i i got a lot from him and then com- combine that with like just enjoying the the iq and x and o part of the game it was just it just all made sense. It just all makes sense. I love it. Yeah. Uh,
0: Always learn a lot. Appreciate that. Uh, Let's go ahead and get into it, guys. So Northwestern took Purdue to overtime. Ultimately, uh, Purdue pulls away and wins this one, 105 to 96. Uh, Purdue, they, they are, the best team in the Big Ten, Wisconsin, obviously uh, is right up there with them. But now Purdue has the most conference wins in the Big Ten with nine. We're going to talk a little bit about Purdue, Wisconsin later. Um, but this is just a really, really strong team. Northwestern, I think they're underrated. And you were talking about before we got on here; they're supposed to be ranked in your mind. I can't, I can't <laughs> agree with you more. Um, to me. Boo Boo is a superstar. They went into Les Lafayette and they gave the Boilermakers a real strong challenge. Uh, We'll start with you. Ann. what were your thoughts on this game?
2: Um, like I said, um, you know, before we started going, I think that Northwestern outplayed Purdue, um, for the most part of that game. Um, I think Purdue had, you know, they both played, they, they both did what they wanted to do, right? You know, that Purdue, Wanted to attack the inside, you know. Braden Smith felt something about not being on the on the Yakuzy list. I don't know how many points he ended up with, but I think he had like fifteen or sixteen dimes. Um, what a message that sends, you know what I mean? And then on the other end, you have Boo Booey, who was on that list, doing what he does. You have Tyberry making shots. Um, you know, it was just it was just an 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 incredible back and forth, and I just can't believe Northwestern's just not a ranked team. I, I can't believe it. They do have the loss to to Chicago State, but you know, full context, Chicago State has a pro and Cardette. So I mean, it's, it's just I don't get it. I don't understand. Like they just came came off of a top ten win. They just beat o, beat Ohio State and and they're they're they were fifteen and five coming into this game. I, I don't get it. I just don't get oh. it.
0: And, they beat and for like TV and
2: TV and for like optics, yeah. And for like the optics, like how much better would that have looked, right, to the casual fan seeing Purdue at two and Northwestern at like twenty three, right? Now like oh they ooh, unranked Northwestern, blah, blah, blah. when in reality they probably got a whole bunch of votes this past week.
0: Yeah, no, for real, and and that's. Kind of life in the Big Ten right now. It's what I've been saying about the conference for most of the years. They're just not getting the respect they deserve, uh, because it doesn't seem like some of the teams have had the offseason like they typically have, right? Michigan State was, you know, they had that big Baylor win, but outside of that, they didn't really get the respect outside the conference that um, I think they should have gotten Uh, in Northwestern kind of the same way you drop that Chicago state game. And it's almost like that's poison and nobody's going to rank you uh, because you have to go over and beyond. Um, Joey, what were your thoughts on the Purdue win over Northwestern?
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously we've talked a lot about how impressive Northwestern was and I'm a Chicago kid who grew up going to Northwestern games. Um, Chris Collins went to my rival high school. I've always rooted for him and and love him and uh, and love Northwestern, truthfully, and mostly because they used to be harmless, and now they're very much not harmless. They're very harmful, uh, as we've seen the last few weeks and tonight. But on the flip side, the Big Ten is hard, and Purdue just keeps winning. It's it's as much a testament as how great Northwestern is, it's a huge testament to Purdue being like – and Zach Eady being inevitable in a lot of ways. It, like – you can score 90-something points against Purdue, and they'll just score 100. You, you know, you can make nine threes against Purdue, and they'll make 12. Uh, Zach Eadie's going to have 30 and 15 every other night in the Big Ten, and you're just going to have to deal with Purdue. Uh, as good of a team as they've had, right? I mean, it, who knows until we get into the tournament and they have their issues, and is their backcourt strong enough? And Braden Smith has been so impressive, but everyone always – has something to say about him and Fletcher Lawyer, but the key to them and and the most impressive guy when I watch as a as a basketball you know analyst is Lance Jones. I mean, the dude just makes Purdue whole, and it's just hilarious that he's not a four or five year guy under Matt Painter, and he's the best transfer not named Marcus Damask in the Big Ten, and he just so happened to be his teammate last year. I mean, it's just uh, Lance Jones is so impressive because. He embodies everything about Purdue where, yeah, he could score 23, 24 points like he did tonight, but he can also have 11 rebounds and eight assists in a game uh, and not make a single shot and have the same amount of impact. Um, So I'm I'm very high on Purdue like anybody is. Um, Very high on Northwestern. I think the Big Ten has a very top-heavy – conference as of late um and all that matters is march for the big 10 like always but if this is foreshadowing i think these are two teams that you know definitely will make the ncaa tournament but i don't see why obviously purdue the expectation they might be the number one overall seed is to make the second weekend but with northwestern their guards are really freaking good boo Booey is as good of a point guard as you'll find in the entire country they could be a second weekend team. They play a fun brand of basketball. They are incredible offensively. Collins runs incredible stuff and they make and take high level shots. Uh, And and so uh, this game was just, it's, it's refreshing. Truthfully, I watch a lot of Ohio state basketball and the game, their offense has just fallen off a cliff. And that's what I have to compare it to as of right now. That's, what's fresh in my head. And This was like you're not watching a Big Ten game in a lot of ways because of how great the offense was. 16 assists for Braden Smith, like Ant said, is unbelievable. Boo Boo had 25 points, and you're like, man, he probably left some out there. It was just a very fun game to watch and very aesthetically pleasing as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it really seemed like everybody was on fire. In this one, it was, you know, shots dropping everywhere. Uh, If it wasn't Boo Booey, it was Langborg. Uh, it was Fletcher Lawyer. It was Lance Jones. I mean, it, it, shots were coming from everywhere. If it wasn't a three pointer, it was Braden Smith dishing it into uh, Zach Eady. Um, and that's one part that I. I, I don't know. You guys tell me if I'm right or wrong in this, but um, I think Braden Smith is so underrated um, as a passer because everybody just says, you know, oh, Braden Smith, well, I had Zach Eady on my team. I, you know, get all those assists too, which, you know, whatever. I, I, I'm i sure it does elevate his assist some, but all of his passes, at least tonight, were so precise and right on the money, right where Zach Eady needed them. And obviously I'm not taking anything away from Zach Eady, but when you have passes that good, right into your pocket, right where you need them. It, I mean, it, it makes it so that you can get the ball in the basket so much easier. and were you seeing a lot of the same thing? What were your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Smith is top five in the country in assists. Like, does that any help? Yes. At the same time, he's like, things like, well, like number three in the country or something, he's, 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 he's around there. And, you know, that, that doesn't happen by accident. Like so much has to happen to even hit guys like that. Right. It's not like you just dribble up and pass the ball to Edie. So much defense happens on the ball where like the opposing coach is like, look, one of the best ways to defend Edie in the post is by bothering the pass. Like teams do a lot just to keep, these teams just to try to keep Purdue away from getting into the parts of the court where they, they can feed Zach Edie the basketball. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I I do have to come back to uh, the Lance Jones comment. I love Lance Jones. Joey's absolutely, I love Lance Jones.
0: How could you I not?
2: Am, I mean... I am huge Lance Jones guy. Um, I... I don't I wouldn't put him as the second best transfer. Um may, maybe most, maybe most important. Yeah, it's a better way of saying it. I'd put, him, I'd put him in most important. Uh would Wisconsin still be good without AJ Store? Absolutely. But I think Lance Jones is much more important for Purdue than AJ. Um Kal-El Ware. I think same thing. Where He's probably a better transfer, but in my opinion, Indiana's better with only two post players on the court and three guards. So there's a they didn't have wear this past game. They were fine, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? How is Purdue tonight without Lance Jones? They're not winning. I don't think they win this game. I think they lose by I think they lose by multiple possessions. So um, I think, you know, I think if like, if like people were, like listening to this back, they would try to get you on, I think you're trying to say like most, most, most important, you know what yeah. I mean? Like most, Demas- it, he's
1: Definitely the second most impactful transfer.
2: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I think when it comes to like the mask, the mask has to do so much without a point guard. They don't have a point you know what I mean they don't have, bit, crazy, don't have a point guard they don't have a point guard and so Damask has had to take over where's this team without Damask? if Terrence and then that Terrence Shannon stuff happens where's Illinois at you know so just want to add some uh clarity I I know how Twitter is I know how social media is <laughs> I don't people coming at you bro but um but yeah definitely, definitely definitely but but yeah Braden Smith bro stop stop hating on the man I I know some teams like to hate on him, but, you know, the dude dimes. He has good handle. A lot of that is because Lance Jones takes so much off of his plate this year, and they played so well together. It looks like they've played together for years. It's kind of weird that they only been together for several months. But, um, but yeah, man. But, yeah, I love Braden Smith. They got to respect him.
0: Yeah, our guy uh... – guy in the chat is asking me jr as i recall you being skeptical of Braden in the preseason hey uh i'm mad enough to say i was wrong i was skeptical of Braden smith in the preseason because i said Braden smith is the key to purdue elevating uh in this way now obviously i didn't see lance jones elevating this team the way he has but i'll i'll 100% put it out there. I was skeptical of Braden Smith and he shut me up real fast this season uh, because at the end of the day, his handles have improved. His ability to pass has been so much more impactful for this team uh, and not that it wasn't last year but it's just on a different level now that's putting them in this kind of new tier, new territory, uh, not just for this season but but also uh, what I believe is going to be the postseason as well. Uh, guys, we got a few questions in the chat from people. We can't get to all of them but uh, I do want to get to some of these and Joey we'll start with you this one from Caitlin how does Purdue get to the free throw or get to throw 46 free throws and Northwestern only gets eight I mean that's wild Um, I mean like that's that's just like
2: that's just like you know if you're a football mind that's like you complaining about your team getting no sacks when, when they hand the ball off the whole game right it's to say, it's very, very similar. Like, Northwestern was shooting jumpers today. Like, you can't really feed, can't really get in the paint when there's Edie and there's bodies. And, like, Edie and TKR, TKR, probably, man, if there's an offensive rebound and he's going up against whoever, I'm probably saying that he's going to get the ball. So, right, like, Northwestern was shooting jump shots. Like, you're not really, unless Ethan Morton's guarding you, you're not going to go to the free throw line. From he had a, jump- he had a twenty minute trillion tonight,
1: and did you see that? <laughs> I've never seen that twenty. A no, 20 but trillion. he had fouls. Don't fouls count for? Tr- did he? Did he have fouls? Yes, it ca- those fouls count. Yep, he my, tackled someone. I got, I got, I got that straight off of Twitter. So that's just my okay. Own fault, not doing my. Now, are
2: that's definitely like a Snell that, uh, uh, Tony Snell stat line. I've had a trillion before. I was pissed, but man, those, yeah. (laughs) You and me are a little different, man. Um, Dog, dog, this dude put me dog. I'm telling you, he did not need to put me in the game, bro. (laughs) Indiana had had the ball with three seconds left, right? Deshaun Sims fouls out. Zach Gibson, six ten, right? He's the next big. He puts me in the game for like ten seconds. Oh, that's what, not what a trillion.
1: Don't worry. That's not gotta a trillion.
2: A you got to play okay. a minute. All right, all right. I mean, I it'll show. It'll know. show up.
1: It'll show up if it shows up as a minute, but like that's not true. Got to. You got to be out there. A little cardio. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: A little. I mean, you. You gotta be able to say I gotta take a shot. I was
2: always doing something. I'll get a rebound. I'll get gotta get, get something. your name in the paper. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times did he get fouled? <laughs> this comment <laughs> section I just clicked over. It's kind of it's kind of exciting over here.
0: Oh yeah, we got a lot of commenters. They're excited to have you guys
2: here. Uh um, he Ethan didn't have any fouls. I swear he fouled someone. He fouled a three-point shooter. He fouled uh that Did they move? not give him the ball? Ask, mm-hmm.
0: At the end of the game, who was it? Barry that shot that three, and he kicked his leg out a
2: little bit. Um, no, but before that, he fouled. He fouled. Langborg? I think it was Barry. I'm looking. I I
0: this. Oh,
1: this that, doesn't that have. Morton the Purdue
0: it. official stats, stat sheet doesn't have fouls, I guess, that I, I'm looking at. On the CBS app, it has fouls, and it says Morton. Yeah, 19 minutes, so basically 20. Uh, zero fouls.
2: Zero <laughs> fouls? They... Two steals. Okay. <laughs> two steals. Two, two steals. steals, though. Oh, yeah. had two steals? People Hell are...
0: Yeah. People Yeah,
2: are... He, had them, he had them early, like first half, because I was yeah. looking. It was early, like first half he had those. Yeah. People are uh, quick to throw out the trillion. You got to do your research. Yeah. Yeah, because that's not rare. Built, not like, that's everyone's hard. built for the trillion. Man. Man, I saw an eight-minute trillion the other day. I was like, "What?" Anything over four is insane. Is, is insane.
1: I, <laughs> it's insane. Just think about like a two-minute stretch each half. Like the ball might not bounce your way. You know. Oh. I mean, whatever. I, it's
2: it couldn't oh, be me.
0: <laughs> Yeah, Purdue overall two fouls for Edie, three for Jones, two for Lawyer, two for Smith, one for First, three for Gillis. Two for Heidi, and then man, when you go to Northwestern, it's just like a bomb barrage over there. JR, what I what I think is
1: Edie is hilarious because he's the biggest guy to get a, to get officiated the way he's officiated on offense and defense, and it's like a little bit of respect for him being an incredible player. And he and he does a really good job of of not fouling at times, but he gets the benefit of the doubt a lot. What I attribute produce success and not fouling is they're so well coached Mm -hmm. but at the same time there's like every coach will say this too if they look and they say oh my god we there's two minutes left and we have two fouls they're going to be a little upset because you need a little bit of aggression you need to be you're not playing hard but Purdue clearly plays hard and they clearly play aggressive so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt in the grand scheme of things and say it's a testament to how well coached they are I will also say, as an unbiased fan watching the game, you know, if I was broadcasting a game on Big Ten Network, I would not sit here and say Purdue gets a great whistle every game. But I do think that Zach Eady is officiated differently than every other player in the country, and it may just be because he's seven foot four, three hundred and twenty pounds. But you know he he does camp out in the lane. Does he get three seconds all the time? Like people think. No, but he's also gets fouled on every single possession. You can't call every single foul. So it's right, it's such an interesting dynamic with Purdue games in general. I I live with an Indiana, diehard Indiana fan. Of course, he thinks that Purdue gets the best whistle ever, and you'd think that (laughs) they're playing as the Duke as the Duke Blue Devils in Cameron Indoor every night. But there's some truth to both sides of it. But I think the main point, and, and you can tell me if you think I'm wrong. They're so well coached. I mean, they are so disciplined and so well coached.
2: Yeah, they're they are very, very well coached. And I I would say like Greg Gard's teams are very, very, very similar in that they're not gonna try to block like like so many teams are undisciplined where they try to block your shots, go for steals that get you out of position. Like they really want they wanna foul, they want to foul with their legs. Not with their hands. They want to body you up and they want to wall you up. And they want you to score over them and through them, not around them. And that really and they and they go straight up. There's no verticality ever being broken, anything like that. And if you make the shot, that's fine. But they know that they're doing everything that they need to do from um from a standpoint of just playing solid defense. You don't need to be Anthony Davis, like down there. You just gotta be stout. Don't get don't get bullied. Show the referee your hands. If you show the referee your hands, referees are not going to call the foul when there's tons of contact still, but they're showing their hands, so referees don't call it as much. When it comes to Zach Eady, Zach Eady is impossible to referee, and Joey is right. The dude gets fouled almost every single possession. But you can't call every single one. <laughs> um, that's that's just how that goes. He gets fouled every possession because if they don't allow some physical play, Zach Eady would put up like seventy points a game because he because he'll be able to get to wherever he wants to. If anything, Zach gets fouled way more than anyone else. Absolutely, easily. like they're like like because. Players have to put all their weight into just <laughs> re- quarter fronting. It's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. He's impossible to he's impossible to guard without fouling, but referees aren't going to call it unless it's egregious. So, yeah, yeah I don't my, know. Uh...
0: My guy Kent is in the chat here. He says, how many times did Edie get fouled? I'm asking. Everyone is saying the foul discrepancy was because Edie gets fouled a lot in the comments. So I don't have the exact stats of how many he got fouled in this game, but I can tell you that Zach Edie leads the nation in 8.6 fouls drawn per game. They give uh, him the, the next ball. Closest He's right closest the Jaden. Right. <laughs> the next closest is Jaden Ladie from San Diego State, who My is teammate. 7.8. I know a former Ohio State guy. Um, Can't
1: believe I have a teammate still playing college basketball. That's insane. I love Day
2: though; he's a great kid. He's He's, really good. You he's doing really well he's this year. You I knew I was washed until there was nobody in college I played against. No, well, like, or I didn't like didn't. How should I put it? Played with, <laughs> played with, or against in their class. That's how I knew. So, man, so like. When Seth Towns, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Seth, first person I thought of. Seth Towns was probably your 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 guy. You're you're like a you're like a sophomore in high school. You are in the booth. He's still in college. It's unbelievable. He
1: he. I was a year. I was my. I was one class ahead of him. I had guys when I was a junior coming into Ohio State that were the same age as me, but they were freshmen, and then. When I left, there were guys that were still playing that were the same age as me every year until really now. It's it's it was insane. I mean, good for them. Hey, if I, I somehow I only played four years, everybody else has played more than four years in my little, you know, six year span, basically. Everyone else has played more than four years if they wanted to. Somehow, some way I got stuck only playing four. I tried to try to play another one, but. That's all. It's all we. <laughs> it's crazy. It's I don't get true. it. I,
2: <laughs> it's unreal. Real, how it goes. Your body starts breaking down. You're like, okay, what's next? You know. Exactly. That's all it is. Exactly. All right,
0: guys. Appreciate you uh, breaking down that game. Let's go to the next one. We have. Last night, Michigan State took down Michigan. This was a pretty close game in the first half. And then into the second half, so Michigan was actually leading at halftime in this game. And then Michigan State came back. I don't know what it is with Michigan this season, but you know, they, they play a good first half in a lot of these games. And then in the second half, they just they kind of start to break down and, and lose things. Jalen Llewellyn, I was really impressed with him in this game. Last podcast, we were talking about how he averages three. Minutes per game on the road or uh, at home, but he averages like twenty five on the road because Doug McDaniel isn't playing uh, right now. But, uh, but Joey, I was That's curious stupid. your thoughts on this Michigan State Michigan game.
1: Yeah, I think that generally speaking, it's just—I mean, Ant's better suited for this. But like, there's no point in talking about Michigan without Doug McDaniel. I mean, they're—they're they're just not—they're not good. I, I mean, it's. And no team would be good without their point starting point guard. Uh, it's 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 unfair. Uh, it's very frustrating, I would imagine. But at the same time, um, Michigan State is talk about underrated teams. Just because they're whether it's their conference record, whether it's some of the losses they had in the non conference early on, like nobody looks at them as an above average team, really in the Big Ten. More than that, at least I. I always maybe it's because i am a guard maybe it's because who knows i always fall back on can a team has have success in march and you have to just assume michigan state's going to get in the tournament because they do every single year but their backcourt is so rock solid and that's without talking about jay nakins who you know obviously you see on the screen had seven threes so i am a believer in michigan state because they have a great head coach And Tyson Walker is ridiculous at times when AJ Ogard holds his own and, you know, he's kind of hit his stride as of late Michigan state. Generally speaking, they always figure it out this time of year and through the first half, did they have it figured out? Absolutely not. But they definitely turned on the jets. Tom Izzo probably said, Hey, I'd like to get my 700 win at home and I'd like to do it against Michigan. So you guys better figure it out. But Overall, it's <laughs> it's hard to really analyze a Michigan basketball team when Doug McDaniel's not on the court. I mean, like they beat Ohio State at home. Ohio State is in free fall, but not at that point, they weren't quite in free fall yet. But Doug McDaniel is the straw that stirs the drink. He's the head of the snake. He's whatever you want to say about the team. They are not the same team, not even close without him. And that's no shot at Jalen Llewellyn. That's no shot at any other guy on, on Michigan, but Doug McDaniel look first seven games of the year. Everyone's like, Holy cow, this guy might be a third team, all American first team, all big 10 guy." So, you know, that, that's kind of my thoughts on on the game. And I think Michigan state is if they haven't already started to to hit their stride, I think that, you know, no one wants to play in East Lansing and no one wants to play Michigan state when the calendar turns to February and definitely not in
0: March. Yeah, I know for sure. Um, I I was impressed with Michigan State coming back in this one. I was not impressed with uh, their performance in the first half, but um, yeah, you mentioned that Ohio State win for Michigan. Michigan is one and nine in their last ten games, and that one win was against Ohio State. So classic. Uh, they're getting up for their rival. You can give them credit for that, for uh, no doubt. But um, and this game specifically, Michigan State, Michigan. Uh, what were your thoughts on it? Um.
2: No juice. I I I tweeted last night that this was the most juiceless game that I've seen from these two teams. Like there's just nothing. Like I felt no energy through the screen. I didn't feel energy with with the players. Um nothing. Nothing. And I, I don't know why that is. I don't know why that is. Um a part of that has to be, like, these guys at Michigan State are looking over to a Michigan team, and they're seeing guys that they've never seen before. You know, like, I know they hate Michigan. They're supposed to hate Michigan, but, like, what's, what's the rivalry, right? Like, I have a rivalry with, it's like, where's Hunter Dickinson? I, I want to <laughs> go kick his ass right now. Like, where's that guy at? Um, where's Kobe Buffkin at, you know? you know, we have to see him versus Aikens again. And you're just not, I don't know. I don't know. It just felt real It's just the vibes were just really, really different. And, you know, you have the team from Michigan where, you know, they have you know new faces and all that. They didn't have their, their point guard. And um, I never even saw that step before. You said, like, what, 20-something minutes on the, on the road and – like three minutes at hmm. at home um, why like it's like Doug Doug can play alongside Lou. Like I don't understand why that's a thing. Um this team's broken. Absolutely broken. Um they have what four wins in like two or three months. Like it's disgusting. And you you know why it's disgusting. It's disgusting because we saw what they could be. Like in their first three games, what they were doing, they go and they they go at the garden, completely blow out St. John's. Like that final score was in the teens, but that was because Patino kept kept uh pressing when Michigan put the bench in with like four minutes left. Um, they do that. And then lose to Long Beach State, and then then they just go to that. They go to like, Atlantis or something, and then I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, usually I'm watching teams, and they're getting better and better. When, I, when When I saw their first few games, I'm like, yo, this team could finish in, you know, top five in the league easily, mm-hmm. easily. And I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Uh, it it just it's it's just been uh, unrecognizable. Um, you can watch these games and see that some of these guys are kind of checked out. Um, I know that there's a lot of stuff going on in the background, but you know there's you know it's um, I don't know I don't know. It was just a juiceless game, and nothing surprised me. They're winning the first half. I'm like, like this is what they do. Like they come out and win the first half, and then when when they got to adjust in the second half, it just all, all goes to nothing. And that's what happened. I think State was like plus twenty, twenty one in the second half, or, or no surprise at all whatsoever. None, none whatsoever. Um, I think that's that's like the sixth or seventh time now, where they won the first half and then like lost the game. Yeah. So.
0: Uh we have a question here from under Brett Wood. Uh will, J- <laughs> will Juwan be dismissed before the end of the season. No. I kind of have a hot, hot take on this one that I don't think he I think he's back next season.
2: Yeah. Personally. Yeah. What I mean like if, if I had if I had if if I was a betting man, I would say he's back next year. And if he's not back next year, it's from his own volition not because ward the athletic director said you know let's let's part ways so if he's not back it's not going to be because of michigan it's going to be because he wants to move on
0: well and jace and no, has one more year right
2: he's not going to You said what now
0: i said jace has one more year too right yeah he has
2: a he has his uh, covid year he has his covid year okay yeah. Um. So that's so that's kind of up to him, whatever he wants to do. But yeah, there's there's so much going on, man. It's Crazy. ridiculous.
0: What do you think, it's Joey? R- you think you want back next year?
2: I don't know. I
1: don't want to talk about coaches getting fired for many different reasons.
2: Yeah, I don't like talking like you know, people ask me that all the time. People to ask me that all the, all the time, and I'm like, oh, like like I'm not, I'm not answering that. Like that's I don't like I.
1: Especially when it's yeah, it's just too close to home I right now. But in general, I, I don't you know, JR, if we're getting a beer at a bar, I'll talk your ear off about it, but I don't like to uh, it's just not good business. And uh yeah, I mean that any competent person is looking at Michigan and thinking, yeah, that the whoever coaches that team could be fired. Sure. Just depends on the direction that, you know, Michigan wants to go and if Juwan Howard who like many coaches in the country probably every single year finishes and goes man do I really want to keep doing this I know I love doing it but do I really want to keep doing this especially for a guy like him who does not need to keep doing it so uh, it's a very interesting case but generally speaking I I just the topic is just so tough and you know
0: and it's toxic too
1: yeah. And it, it, you know, it, it, yeah, exactly. And like I get tweeted Aunt probably gets it 20 times more than me, but I get tweeted at every single day about my coach, you know, yeah. and, and I don't, I don't, you know, just like, I don't want to talk about that. I, I don't need to talk about the other stuff. Would I be surprised if Juan Howard was let go a little bit? Um, would I be surprised if he came back and coached next year? Not really. Um, and, and it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes down in college athletics with whether or not a coach is going to be fired. And a small part of it is is how they do on the, on the court, right, and wins and losses. So it's just a very interesting dynamic. So
2: we'll,
0: well see. Well, that's why I appreciate you guys at least referencing it because both of you have seen the side of – Coaching and the backs you know, the behind the scenes of the team that, you know, many fans have never seen and probably will never see. Uh, because a lot of fans, you know, myself included, I never played college basketball at the D one level. Um, but I, I played college soccer for like NAIA, but you know, that's nothing compared to D one. Um, but like a lot of people they don't see what all goes on behind the scenes. They look and they say, Oh, this this person hasn't won in, you know, however many weeks, or they've only had you know, what, two or three wins and X amount of months, get them out of here. And it's like, uh, it goes much, much deeper than that. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm there with anybody else. I want to see my team win. Um, but it it's a lot, a lot deeper than that. So I definitely appreciate
2: it. It's more than just them too, though. Like, so yeah, there's assistance, but like the staff, they're not getting paid, like mid six figures, like some some of these assistants are. Like they're making like they're regular you know what I mean like they're making 50 60 70,000 you know and they cool job dope job like best seats in the house but they have a lot of responsibility and all these they're things working their butt off yeah and they're they're working harder than the coaches most of yeah. the time you know? like hours like people have like 40 hour work week there's like 100 um so it's um you know and these are the people who like it's I'm not gonna say it's easy for someone with a lot of money to just get up and move, but it's easier. But if you're making fifty, sixty, seventy K and you're you're in, you know, since Cincinnati and the next thing you know, your your boy from Cal Berkeley wants you to come at come for the same position. Um, you know, not only are you gonna have to pay a lot more for less space, but you gotta move you, your family, your kids across the country for maybe eight months. Like it's like a one month. It's like a one year thing because you're always trying to move up, trying to see what's next. Is this what you want to do? Is your spouse cool with this, or do they want you to? Hey, let's settle down. Some like there's so much that goes into it, man. There's so much that goes into it. That's why I feel real un, uncomfortable, like talking about it out 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 loud. It's just, just you know, so many factors.
1: It's people's it's livelihood. Like, it's not just as simple as. It's it's definitely not as simple as the head coach getting fired, and it's definitely not as simple as just a job. I mean, it's life. It is life and death, and it is not fun. It's not fun for the players. It's not fun for the coaches, and it's really not fun for their families. And that's why it's like I don't wish it upon anybody. I don't root for anybody to be fired. I'm not happy when anybody's fired. Uh, it, it's it's a crazy part of the business. That That's just what it is. <laughs>
2: And 98% of coaching isn't even coaching. You got to so
1: right
2: deal with so much other stuff. You got to make sure guys are happy. You got to make sure you're in contact with AAU programs. You got to get in contact with this shoe company, that shoe company. You got to make sure that guys are getting this and that. NIL, like, oh, so-and-so's hit, talking about hitting the transfer portal. Yeah, they're, they're you're, you're recruiting your own team to come back the next year. Like, right. It's, crazy. it's yeah. crazy. That's why these big time coaches are getting out, bro. Like they're like they're like this isn't what I this isn't what I've been doing for the last 30 years. Like I'm not doing this. No. You I'm saw sure. the Boston College coach, who was an Ohio State guy when I was there, he just
1: football coach, head coach yeah. of Boston College left to go be a the defensive coordinator for the Packers. Like if that's not a message of the world of college athletics is is I mean, it's already tough. But that it's changing. I mean, that, I don't know if you, uh, if you don't see it, because that's like the best message you can get. It's it is. You're so right. Just so much more than X's and O's. That's I mean,
2: so much. You got to hire more JUCO guys on staff, man. If anything, because like those guys are used to all this crap. Yeah, they're used to the changeover and roster, and they're used to all that. Get more boy. JUCO guys up. Got to get at least one. Uh, get at least one somewhere in the program. Have them as adobo or something.
0: Definitely appreciate you guys' perspective on that. That's awesome to uh to to learn more about that and very enlightening. So I appreciate that. This next game, I promise we won't get into that at at all. Uh, I did watch the press conference afterward, and uh you know, great win. For Illinois in this one 87 to 75 coming into Columbus and you know this team played hard Territ Shannon Jr. Uh, had his struggles like people have been talking about but overall I mean you know he scored 20 plus points he hit three three pointers I mean he was getting to, into his groove a little bit more in this one and you know like you guys are talking about the mask He he's a phenomenal player for this Fighting in lion I team and uh, at the end of the day Ohio State they didn't look like they were struggling as much in this one. And uh, you know, they had much more offense there, but plain and simple Illinois, just a really, really good basketball team and a really good offensive team who was able to come in there and score nearly 90 points. And, you know, 75 points for Ohio state should be enough to win you the game. But like I said, when the other teams comes in and they're hitting shots and they're just playing efficient basketball, it is what it is. Joey, what were your thoughts on the Ohio state Illinois game?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, million thoughts um but the overarching theme i think for ohio state is at the beginning of the year they were um you know an upper echelon elite three-point shooting team they're not anymore Uh, at the beginning of the year they had arguably the best backcourt in the big 10 and one of the best backcourts in the country when you include you know jameson battle in there with Bruce thorne and roddy gale um now now those guys are not playing it at the same level, Jameson Battle had a solid game. Roddy Gale finally looked a little healthier and had a good game. Bruce was okay; didn't really play much in the first half because of foul trouble. But um, and the last thing is, is their defense is just gone. I don't, I just truly don't know what happened. I watched them all preseason. I went to a ton of practices, the early games in the season. Holt, Coach Holt, you, you know he he was not ready to crown them as a Phenomenal defensive team, but he kept telling me how they've improved, they've bought in, they play hard, and those all might still be true because I do think they play hard. But something is just like a piece of the puzzle is just gone. um You know, I, there were games where they were playing soft, like they played soft against Nebraska. They and and I, one thing that my coaches at Ohio State did was they did not throw around the word soft. Like if we were being soft, then we knew that you know we were being soft Um, so I don't use soft lightly but they were soft against Nebraska and they were soft against Northwestern Um, for as poorly as they played offensively against Northwestern and as poorly of of a rebounding team as Northwestern is because they go small a lot and even when they're not small they're still kind of small and Ohio State is a pretty darn good offensive rebounding team to only have a handful of offensive rebounds in that game is just sad. I mean, I was sitting there in the, in the front row with all of the, the boosters and head of the NIL collective for Ohio State, and they, I mean, to put on a performance in front of the guys that are signing your checks is not very fun either. Um, but man, this game, I'll positively spin it, I guess, in Illinois' sake and say they are back to the team that everyone saw at the beginning of the year. Terrence Shannon had you know, his get-right sort of moment down the stretch in the second half. Being from Chicago and having a million friends that went to Illinois, you know, everyone is very excited about this team. I think they're as fun to watch as any team in in the entire Big Ten, and they don't even have a point guard, like we talked about earlier. Uh, Damask is ridiculous. Terrence Shannon Jr., if he played all year, he'd be a first team All American. Coleman Hawkins does everything. Uh, I, Luke Goody's my favorite player in the country. Like, I mean, I just, and he didn't even do anything. Like, I, I just, Brad Underwood's got a really, really good team. He has really good teams almost every year. It's just going to be a question of how well they do in the tournament, how well they adjust the things in the tournament, how well they adjust in, per, in important games. Can they win important games without a point guard? Um, but this team is as dangerous as any team in the Big Ten in my eyes come March. Um, I do think Ohio state maybe caught them on a bad night, but Ohio state also not playing great basketball at the same time. Jr. I agree that 75 points is enough to win games in the big 10. It should be. Um, but man, you know, Ohio state might make a couple buckets, but they just can't get that stop. And, um, I don't know what is happening in Columbus. Um, there is elements of a free fall, um, it is hilarious that the only team that I wouldn't switch places with right now is Michigan, uh, and that's sure it's saying a lot because Ohio State, if you watch them play, it's, it's crazy that this is the same team that beat Alabama by 13 and beat Santa Clara by 30 the next night. Um, very similar story to Michigan. Beginning of the year, everyone's like, holy cow, this might be the second best team in the Big Ten. Uh, and then you fast forward five, six games later, and you'd think the sky is falling. Um, the only positive that I can say is that it it's in there somewhere. I think for the Buckeyes, um, I have to be positive because that's all I know how to do. Um, everything that they want is right in front of them. If they go on a good stretch, like it's not impossible to be ten and ten in the conference, and that probably gets you into the NCA tournament. Um, but the team that I've seen the last. Five games doesn't look like they can go ten and ten in the conference. Um, but it's in there somewhere. I trust, I definitely trust the staff. I mean, I've played for the staff, I've had success under the staff. Um, and I trust the players. I mean, Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, it's in there somewhere. And I just want it so bad for Jamison Battle on a personal note because the conversations that we've had are all about I came to Ohio State to make the NCAA tournament and It just – I feel very – I just feel for the kid because he made the move. He left Minnesota to come to Ohio State to play in March and play in meaningful games in March. And if he doesn't get a shot at it, um, that's just awful. So, I mean, I could go on and on about Ohio State. I mean, listen to Drive the Lane and you'll hear everything that I have to say. Um, But not a fun time. Um, But who knows? Basketball is weird. College basketball is really weird. Things can change at the drop of the hat. Uh, choosing to be positive about it. But, like, man, if you've watched the last few games, I don't, I don't know how you think that the season can turn around, but I, I sure hope it does.
0: Oh, I mean, that's why we love college sports, right? You, you, think oh there's there's no way anything like this could happen but it's the emotion and it's the drive and the passion of the players and everything else you know the coaching that comes into it as well where it's like you see something you're like there's no way anything could happen here um But at the end of the day, something does happen, and it gets you excited, and you start believing in your team again, even when it seemed like there was no way to have belief. I mean, I've been on this podcast, you know, like three episodes, four episodes in a row now, sitting here saying, I don't know where Ohio State's going to go from here. Uh, (laughs) But at the end of the day, like, I look at this team, I don't think it's a lack of skill. I don't think it's a lack of talent. Right now, I see... Some guys on the court at certain points in time, they just, they look like they kind of lose confidence at times, which I've been there. You know, stuff happens on the court, stuff happens uh, when you're playing out there and you lose some confidence and then things get away from you. Uh, But the new, you know, the good news is is that there's a new game, there's a new opportunity every single time you step out on that court and we'll see what happens with Ohio State. Um, And do you have any thoughts on this game or just Ohio State in general or Illinois? They're, They're moving forward. What are your thoughts?
2: Um, honestly, you know, watching that game, I felt that against 85, 90% of the teams in the big 10, I think Ohio state finds a way to get that close at the end. Um, I feel that every time Ohio state made a run, they got down like, they, they just couldn't get past like nine or 10. Yeah. And then Illinois would just get to 16, 17, almost like right away. Like it wasn't like this, grinded out, and they got to got to six, back up to sixteen over like three or four minutes. They would get back up to sixteen in like two or three possessions. Right, it was extremely quick. It was like shotgun. Nope, not happening. And I'm sitting here like, you get it to nine or ten, you know, you like the next one to get a six point run, right? Next one to go plus six. If that's Illinois, back up to sixteen. If that's Ohio State it's a three or four point game, right? That's, that's the little difference. And I feel that Illinois just did not let Ohio State get breathing room. It's almost like the, the closer the game got, the more locked in Illinois became. And um, that's, the, that's the difference between a team who is going to be a top four seed in the NCAA tournament and a team who is fighting to get back on the bubble. You know, there was two you know, two very different mindsets where Illinois was being an absolute killer in this game, where they would turn up when they needed to uh, while staying under control, but they would really, really turn up. Um, are they playing Mahefe a lot at the five now? They, sh-
1: they they did down the stretch. I mean, against Illinois, when Coleman Hawkins is the opposing five, I think you can. Uh, I, You know... They don't. In any other game, they don't, truthfully. I mean, they just don't. Um, gotcha. I think that that's a wrinkle that they need to throw in there. I love mahaffey Mahefe's been the, the best player in the last five games. He was making plays at the end of the game at the five. Um, Got to try something new at this point. I mean, they've 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 always they, they've had Zed and Felix out there at the same time, but they rarely have neither of them out there uh, unless Devin Royal is in there. Um, but yeah, I, when, when he was out there, the game was over already, right? It's a 10 plus point game, but it was an interesting, it was an interesting style that they were playing and I wouldn't be surprised if, if you see more of it.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and in this one, one of the biggest issues and it's kind of become an issue over the last few games was, you know, Ohio state's lack of ability to score down low by the bigs um i don't know what's happened to zed key this season um you know i don't know if he uh isn't pushing guys around as much because he's he's gotten slimmer which you know good for him you can definitely tell he's been in the weight room and working hard in there but um i think he's had to adjust his game a little bit because he's not quite as big and uh i don't want to say as strong but you know he's just not able to push people around as much
2: yeah most nothing um, to mark Titus about this i I was talking with mark titus on his his uh on his podcast um this was like during like exhibition time and we were like bringing up how like zag keys lost so much weight i was like i didn't even recognize who he was when when, when i was watching them in the i think they're playing dayton or somebody yeah. yeah um i'm like watching this game and i'm like yo who is that I'm, like, looking through the roster, like, who is that dude? In person, it's even crazier. I mean, it's unreal. Man, it's unreal. I'm like, yo, who is that, bro? Um, Do you have a number on, like, how much weight he lost? How did 20 it 20 like, It looks, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'm just, I am was like, I don't know. I don't know. If he had a jumper, I wouldn't mind it as much. But he's, like, a, I don't know. Like, how good is Jared Sellinger if he's 200 pounds, 6'7"?
1: I think here, what I, I I couldn't agree more. I was I was talking about this with a uh, with another well respected basketball mind um, at the Northwestern game. There is an element of losing weight, which obviously that's awesome. Way to go, Zed! Like that's great. Like you should try and lose weight, but if it turns you into a basketball player that you're not comfortable being, right? And you lose your your game, right? Like a Caleb Wesson. If Caleb Wesson loses 15 more pounds you know, his game is drastically different. The one thing that I will back Zed up with is he is doing whatever he wants out there still. He is getting deep post-ups. He is getting fouled on deep post-ups like a ton last game. He was getting fouled a ton last game. He just can't finish. I, I, It's almost like him losing all that weight, he lost his touch. Like, that's what it seems like to me. Because at the rim, he's incredible. He's he dunks everything. He's quicker to off the floor, catching lobs, finishing above the rim. All that is great. It's when he is four feet, five feet, six feet out, middle of the paint, left-handed hook shot, right-handed hook shot, whether it's off the backboard or in the middle of the lane. You know, this is the same guy that scored 20-10 against Mark Williams and Duke two years ago, right? Like, like he, he, was, he was, was the reason. Angle merchant. Were, Exactly, right? I I mean, he, 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 like, I'm not comparing him to Zach Eady, but Zach Eady makes, he doesn't just dunk the ball. He makes these hook shots from eight feet away. Like, they are not easy shots, but Zed is getting the position and he's, and he has the same shots he led the team in scoring last year until he got hurt. He's just not finishing. I don't know what it is. It's, and it's not at the rim. At the rim, he's fine hes It's like he's lost his touch. That's what it seems like to me because he's still able to get the deep post position and he's still physical on defense, but it, it's, it's just bizarre, so bizarre because Ohio State has zero,
2: zero post presence. I mean, zero. Yeah. I do like Felix with his on the defensive end, right? Yeah. But, he's great rim but you're not going to give him the rock on the block and say, yo, go get us two points. Right. Yeah, I feel you there. Just he's just tough. Like you, he's, he's almost like Cliff a little bit, a little bit of Cliff Amore. Absolutely, and but yet yeah.
1: less athletic. <laughs> so it, yeah,
2: yeah. But yeah.
1: he is he, I, Cliff Alexander is a great. I, I think that's a great comparison because, well, first of all, Chicago guy that I saw play in high school Amore.
2: Amore.
1: and and uh, oh, you you're saying Omari or Omarui. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. I agree with that too. I think they're all three. It's so funny. I'm thinking Cliff Alexander because I just watched a Curry (laughs) high school basketball game, but the, uh, but it made um, sense. He is less athletic. Yeah. Less athletic than both those guys, but yeah, it's, it's, there's very similar paths of those two guys where everybody in big 10 circles expected them to be all big 10 caliber players, especially for Cliff. Um, Maybe not as much for Zed and, Maybe it's because the teams just aren't very relevant, but they're just—they're just a shell of what they were on better teams. You know, I just—it's it, very interesting. Both those guys, Cliff Alexander. Um, why am I thinking you're saying Cliff Alexander? <laughs> oh, she, she
2: <laughs> I love the his uh, his Cliff Alexander. His All he did was dunk, so it's fair. This commitment video was so funny. Oh my god! Especially, I mean, funny. like
1: especially for me, like. I all
2: my Illinois buddies
1: were like crying. I'm like, that's amazing. Like, thank you <laughs> for doing that.
2: That's amazing. I put it on TikTok. It, it has like 600,000 views or something. It's, stupid. it's the best. And you can, yeah, and that's so great because I was just gonna
1: say every year you could just post it again and it's better every single year. <laughs>
2: so I put his video stitched exactly with, a video from like an Illinois apartment that was packed with Illinois kids reacting yes. to it. I put that out there, bro. Damn. Unreal, so good. So, good. so good. Oh, so good, man. My uh,
1: so it's funny, quick, funny story about that. My sorry, chef.
2: My I'm sorry, chef.
1: My, my uh, my buddy and AU teammate, close friend, Jalen Brunson, who's killing on the Knicks. Very fun to watch him. Going to be named an All Star tomorrow. He was down to Villanova in Illinois, and it was the year after Cliff did that. And I we definitely had a few conversations like, not should he, but what if he did the exact same thing? Because um, Illinois, for the longest time, could not get the number one player in the state, Mr. Basketball Gatorade Player of the Year type guys like Jalil Okafor, Cliff Alexander, Tyler Uless. The list goes on and on and on. Um, now, obviously, they're doing a great job of doing that. but. If back-to-back years, Jalen hit him with a, "I'm going to be going to Villanova." That would have been just ridiculous. Poor Illinois.
2: <laughs> Max is mad at me. He says I'm an Edie Homer. Why? why is, people people call me a Homer when when I break something down. That's correct, but they don't like it. Like they get mad at me for explaining the rules. Indiana thoughts. Play more guards. That's what I was gonna say. Is I, I like this yeah. comment
0: better from Max. Um, Indiana Anthony
2: Leal, forty minutes a game. <laughs> Leal, the turn. I I, I, I would love die him. for Anthony Leal, dude. I'm telling. Oh man, you know what? I'm not gonna say that. Like I, this morning I thought about him for like twenty minutes. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, no, because like I watched. I'm not gonna say too much big Big Ten basketball, but I watch a lot. And you know what? Whenever I watch Indiana, nobody has a better bench presence than Leal. He could have yeah. eight DNPs in a row. And you know, he's the first one congratulating guys, first one up, first one, you know, saying, hey guys, come on. He's first one in the timeout, getting guys ready to go. And it's no shock to me that when he got his moments that he's been able to produce. And not just from like, hey, he had some shots. Yeah, but, you know, he understood his his assignments. He was still in shape. I didn't think at any point in time he was too tired out there. You know what I mean? Some guys, they're not playing. They're like, you know what, why do I have to, you know, why do I have to work hard still? Like, why do I have to do, do this? This is dumb. Duh, duh, duh. But how he was able to really, really approach every game Every game the same way. He was always dialed in. Always dialed in. And that has a lot to do with him, his parents, his family, the the people who are close with him. It's so much more than just him. Like, like there's so many factors that get someone like that to perform despite being kind of shoved in the in the locker for the most part. And then now you get brought out that locker. Come help us. He was in that locker studying away, doing the little things, taking extra shots and you know being everything that we want a college player to be. That's life. You know, and like this morning I was just thinking about all that and I was like, "Man, you know what? That is a model citizen of how everyone should approach their life." Point blank. I I just
1: I am such a fan of his because in his his post-game press conference really it, or I guess interview really encompassed everything about how I feel about him is there's something to be said about a guy who doesn't run away from, you know, a team when he's not getting playing time. Has, you know, maybe I relate to this so much because even though I did grow up in Chicago, my mom is from Ohio. I grew up a huge Ohio State fan. Like I I love Ohio State and the university and all I wanted was Ohio State to do well. And Anthony Leal, like just a Bloomington kid who he's never going to transfer out of Indiana and he, Mr. Basketball in Indiana is clearly good enough to get some tick, right? So the fact that he wants the best for the team, wants the best for his teammates and is, it's a testament to like the prepared guys are not lucky guys, right? They, he was ready for when his numbers called because he doesn't want to let his his team down at at Ohio state. We called that competitive excellence when, you know, when you're needed most, you're able to give your very best. And Anthony Leal is so impressive because he's like a running bit or like a joke with Indiana fans. Like maybe Anthony Leal can save us, right? The Indiana kid, like, you know, he's got the mom and pop NIL deals for local pizza shops and right. Like, but he is what college basketball is all about. The guy's, that would die for their university and die for their teammates and care more about winning than anything else. And, uh, you know, (laughs) I'm not the biggest Indiana fan in the world. Um, Just, be, uh, you know, when I shoot a lot of threes, they shoot no threes. So it's hard to (laughs) love Indiana. Um, But, man, Anthony Leal is hard to root against. It's just he's hard to root against.
0: Maybe impossible. My in laws are huge IU fans, uh, have been all their lives, um, and they know Anthony Leal's parents, um, and they met Anthony Leal a couple times. And I mean, everything you guys are saying just like magnified based on what they said as well. It's like, you know, he is just the most stand up kid, one of the best kids you ever meet. And, you know, everything you guys are saying about just like he would literally die for Indiana, uh, a university because like he just loves them that much and he loves playing for this team. Um, I was concerned when Malik went, Renew went down in this game early. Uh, I still am concerned because I want to see Malik Renew keep playing this yeah. year. Um, but it, seeing Anthony Leo have the game that he had—thirteen points on twenty-one minutes. Um, you know, seven rebounds. Just fantastic game for him. Um, I I, I was so happy to see that happen. Um, and if Malik Renew is down for an extended portion of this year, cause he was on crutches uh, at that game. Are you concerned for Indiana moving forward without him?
2: I'm not, I'm not concerned. Um, I'm not concerned more. I've always had a heavy concern for Indiana, even when they had a nice record. Um, something just didn't, just didn't gel with me with how they did the rotations and their lineups and all that. But um you no know, renew has been arguably the best power forward in the big 10 this year uh i'll put dawson garcia up there with him i will put coleman hawkins up there with him you you can pretty much argue those three in terms of like who's been the better one you know, it depends on what you value like hey do you value versatile buck bucket getter you probably go with dawson if you value versatile on both ends with army knife you go with coleman if you want to Value just to do you could just give the ball on the block go go to work throw some dimes here and there leader you go with renew so pick your flavor um it's going to be tough not having someone who you can kind of get the ball to to go get you a couple points yeah um that's probably the hardest part uh the good part not the good part but the positive part if he's out for extended period of time is that they've shown to almost be better when they're playing with only two posts, I'm counting Mackenzie Mbako, not as a post, but he is a four naturally. Mm-hmm. You're no longer going to have Mbako chasing these little guards around all these screens and tiring them out and, you know, messing up his legs and all those things, you know, g- having him at the four and playing your three guards in a rotation, I think it's going to be a positive. And I think with Kalel where back, you have someone who can protect the basket. If someone gets by, you're much faster lineup. You're gonna be a lot faster with three guards with Trey Galloway at the three. Like you're quick. Trey Galloway is quick. He's strong. He's not small. He's like 6'5, 20, 6'4, 205-ish. It's a, a bigger dude, athletic. Um, and then just have, you know, have, you know, Gabe, X, Trey, then off the bench, you come with Leal, come with CJ gun. Um, and then at the four and five. Winding Anthony Walker, um, may, maybe some Caleb Banks at the four. Um, uh, you know uh, Sparks play him at the five some. So um, I think from a lineup standpoint, I like the lineup. I like the line. I'm more positive about the lineup. I hate the fact that if they're going to be out, renew a while, that sucks. But from a lineup standpoint, I don't think it's as bad as people think it's going to be. I really don't think so.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Chap brings up the next point I was going to ask. And Joey, I'll ask you don't forget Gabe Cups. I mean, uh, do we think Gabe Cups fits into that starting lineup or do you think Anthony Leal's earned it, Joey? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I'd Anthony love to say Lille,
1: Anthony, Leo. Anthony Leal is so selfless that he probably is in the locker room right now saying, I want to come off the bench, coach. Yeah. Put, put Gabe Cups in the starting line. He's lineup. probably
2: better coming off the bench. He probably is. Game settling his nerves knowing he's it's different now cuz now he knows he's going to play yes exactly yeah it's a much different mind he's not on scout team anymore killing like no 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 you're playing defense for half an hour not getting you're playing 3 an minutes anthony
0: you're
2: playing 23
0: <laughs> minutes um exactly
1: when might be out i uh <laughs> listen i Gabe. People tell me that Gabe Cups is Aaron Craft 2.0. I have a tough time seeing it, so I, it's just a fair. It's just an unfair um, hurdle that I have to get over with Gabe Cups and the fact that he's an Ohio guy. Um, but yeah, he he's definitely starting. I don't know what Xavier Johnson's um, status is for sure, but I'm with Ant in the sense that Indiana's got to go to a more versatile, smaller lineup. Um, without renew, just sucks that it is renew because. Khalil Ware is great. He's the best NBA prospect. You know, he hits threes, he blocks shots, he dunks everything. That dunk he had last night was unbelievable. But Renew is the best all-around college basketball player on that team. Uh, He – I watch every Indiana game because my roommate is a psycho, like every Indiana fan. But he – you know, Renew is is a rock. Like, he is the rock. Like, you can bank on Renew – being able to go over his right shoulder and get a bucket whenever you need him to. So for a team that struggles to score in a lot of different ways already, not having your rock, I think is uh, is definitely an issue. Um, is Mike Woodson capable of getting incredibly creative on offense? I don't know. They also aren't a team that, and I'm now that I'm saying this, they'll probably make 14 threes against Ohio State, but they're not a team that's going to get hot all of a sudden and beat you from the three-point line. Um, I mean, so I'm just a little worried if I'm an Indiana fan about where the, where the buckets will come from. You can only like clear world to clear where can get you 17 a night, but his 17 are in part because of Malik Renew. So, you know, he might be able to get you 20 still, but he, that means he's got to make a couple threes. That means he's going to have to make you know, get out and transition like they're, they're going to have to play a different style of basketball than they've been playing, which, you know, to, to come full circle on what we've been talking about, maybe that's a good thing that they play a different <laughs> style of basketball. So, uh, I, Indiana is like how I used to look at Kentucky and be like, how is coach Cal Perry one of the best so-called coaches in the country? And he plays seven bigs at a time. If he could, I just don't get it. So I don't get why Indiana plays the i mean they have no choice maybe but now they have anthony leal so maybe they have a choice all of a sudden if everybody's healthy so i i don't know i don't know indiana is 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 very interesting eventually they're gonna have to win a big game they had to beat iowa eventually they're gonna win a big game it, just, that's just how it works at assembly hall every year so who knows when that when that'll be but they desperately need it. i mean you're I'm looking at the screen right now oh and seven and and, and meaningful basketball games, essentially, is what I, how I look at Quad One, and yeah. like the fact that they can't get it done is, uh, I think there's a few reasons, and I don't, I don't think losing Malik Renew solves those questions.
0: Yeah, they almost beat Kansas. I mean,
1: dropping Indiana's that. Game. the king of almost wins. Talk to any mm. of the fans.
2: Dropping that, dropping that game, and then all the close by games that they had like five by games that were like within 8 points or something. They almost lost
1: to Army. They're like legitimately the worst team in the entire country.
2: Yeah, Army was done. they were hitting everything. That was, Robbie Hummel was that laughing point, on Army? the broadcast. He was laughing. I, I I vividly remember that. Army had like a 6-8 guy like from Indiana. His dad All played for family Indiana. was there. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a fun game to watch. They had a, a
1: point game. guard in, their, in his third game ever in college basketball. Like, you know, he's from the academy. He took a fifth year in high school because he had to in he order was to play. killing. Football. And he had 20 points in the first half or whatever. I mean, it's just, just a little white dude, right? Yeah, a little short ginger guy. It was awesome. He was killing. He was yeah. killing. And I'm he sitting here. Killing. I mean, listen, I – my worst trait as a fan, and definitely as a as a so-called Big Ten analyst now, is that I have a hard time rooting for the Big Ten in non-conference games. Just because I I feel like I'm still so close to it that like I don't want my enemies to succeed. You know, I know that's not. I'm removed. I'm removed. I'm I know, removed. and that's and that's good. And I'm getting there. Like I, I'm get a hundred percent. Like I love Northwestern. Like I I get it. Like I, I'm getting there. But man, when when Indiana is at home and in a dogfight with Army, how in the world am I not supposed to root for Army?
2: Yeah. But you know what, bro? You know what? You're going to get there the day when someone talks junk about Michigan and you're like, F you, this is my Big Ten. You talk about my Big Ten like that? And then I'm like, wait, wait, you're,
1: what did I just say? Yeah, you're going to be like, well, hold on,
2: what? You're going to get you're mad. You know,
1: McDaniels not a top 10 point guard in the country. <laughs> exactly. Like, 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 what? wait, wait. <laughs> Michigan, yeah. they, what do you mean they went to the national championship and lost to the best team maybe ever in Villanova? And then it's like, wait, no, hold, hold on. I was right, I was exactly. rooting for Villanova in that game.
2: <laughs> I've got a lot of Big Ten pride, man. And and whenever I feel that like a Big Ten team loses and the other teams like talking about them, and, I, and I'm sitting here like looking at their conference to try to get anything back on them. Yeah. Else, and it's like I'll go back forty years. I'm going to get you. Like you know what I mean? i I
1: definitely I definitely have Big Ten pride, and I definitely root for the Big Ten in games that make the conference stronger right like like I'm not gonna root like when Indiana played Auburn, for example, like I'm not rooting against Indiana in that game because I want the Big Ten to be a better conference right right but now it's but now it's it, you know there are other examples that are completely different, but you know it's just so. I, it's a weird dynamic, and maybe it's the Ohio State fan in me. Because especially in football, like I'm not rooting for Michigan in the college football playoff. You know, like like people are like, you gotta you gotta root for your conference. Like in these bowl games, like I'm sorry when Iowa was playing Tennessee, I I, I didn't I didn't ha- I didn't care who won. You know, I just didn't care. Like I, you know, yeah. I, it's so yeah. it's just tough. I don't know. I Maybe it's because I'm an Ohio State fan who has so much. Like fortunately, I so much to look forward to during the football season that I don't need to root for other teams. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what it is. I, I just yeah. can't get myself. Definitely not in football and basketball. I'm coming around, but I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time with the whole root for your conference. I have pride in the conference and I don't like when, you know, back three or four years ago when there was a real debate on what's the best basketball conference in the country. Like I was all in on the big time. Like I'll give you thirty third <laughs>
2: Why? Like we got Michigan, yeah. we got Michigan State. We got Have you watched the game? This is real basketball. There's <laughs> defense being played. Exactly. Physical like, men. When it me. does come to football, I don't I don't understand it enough. So I could be a fan almost. In yeah. basketball, like I'm like fan second to third. My thing is what just happened. I gotta to about a thousand people <laughs> what just happened. Why it happened? Why it was called? Why it wasn't called? Like, like I don't know. Like the way, the way that my brain functions during like Big time basketball games is totally different. I watch the ACC play. I'm like, well, la la, la la. F Duke, I hate you. Help hope <laughs> everything bad happens to you. I don't care who <laughs> you're playing. It could be like Shenandoah Valley. I'm, I'm all about Shenandoah Valley that game. Yep. Well,
1: that's. 100 percent give me all the upsets when the big Ten's not playing that's what <laughs> i have to like take a second to like be like hold on if northwestern loses this game how does that impact the big 10 and ohio state okay i'll <laughs> root for northwestern and then but but if north carolina is playing Chattanooga, nuga it's like Chattanooga. nuga
2: let's have a day you know let's so, go well, yeah. let me say the acc weak tonight let me ha- let me say that the acc trash let well, me talk junk on the Big Twelve tonight. Come on, let's go. Well, the ACC is a JV conference, period. So we could talk about that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Louisville, what is going on? At least, so
1: bad, at least, okay. at least our JV teams are Michigan, Ohio State, which they could beat anybody any night. They got Louisville. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> oh
0: man! Well, Louisville lost to DePaul. Here,
2: Paul. Louisville lost to DePaul. Do you know how? Hard it is to lose to the ball. I've
1: made I've made a lot of money back against the DePaul this year. And they're in my backyard.
0: Mm, All it, right. Though. Well, let's get to our last game. This is the preview. <laughs> uh I thought we were only gonna go for an hour, but then I have underestimated you guys' ability to just uh shoot and talk about anything with that.
1: it feels like it's only been ten yeah. minutes. We've been going for a long time. We'll stay as long as
0: we want. So, um, so we just saw Purdue tonight, and obviously, you know, free throws were kind of the downfall of uh, the the, its downfall. That's what kind of made them struggle and keep Northwestern in the game a little bit, uh, shooting nearly fifty percent. But that's not who this Purdue team is. However, Wisconsin also a very good team. I think they're probably better than uh, not not probably. I think they are better than Northwestern, and they're at home in this one, and. What are your thoughts on Purdue going to Madison to play the Badgers?
2: Um, I like I like Wisconsin. Um, I said before the season I was like, if you have money laying around somewhere and you want to bet a dark horse for the Big Ten, put it on Wisconsin. I think they're like plus fifteen hundred. Um, I've got the receipt and I'm just waiting for it to not the receipt. I did not bet. I have the receipt, the Twitter receipt. You got the tweet, yeah. I, I got the tweet. I got the clip from um, Mark's show where I talked about them. I was like, look, value, you want to bet Wisconsin. Um, I, it's one of those games where I love how these three games have lined up with Rutgers, Northwestern. And Wisconsin, because I think those three teams give Matt Painter the hardest time. Um, no matter what their roster is, I just think from a standpoint of some coaches just get you. They understand how you function and they do everything in their power to just throw a wrench in it. Some teams, they don't really have the, the preparation to do that. But Rutgers has a lot of prep to beat Purdue. They just didn't have the they just didn't have the horses this year yeah. To, yeah. to make that a game late. Um Northwestern, they just get Purdue. That's why they went to overtime. Back to back times now. Wisconsin, Greg Gard, they get they this is another team that understands how Purdue ticks. Um, you know, the the overall matchup is gonna be fun. I love Stephen Crowell. I think he's one of the most underrated big men, not just the, the Big Ten, but the entire country. Um he does so many little things. I like Tyler Wall. I like, you know, AJ Story we you know, talked about him earlier. Well one of the surprises for me was Max Klesmith this year. What he's been able he's to unbelievable. do spot. That guy has been man, he's been really freaking good. Um and before the season, I was like, you know what, for this team to really recognize how good they are Chucky's got to take a hard look in the mirror and take a step back. Like he can't be the guy. Like he has to, you know, he needs to be a table setter more. And you know what? He has. He's I believe he's taking less shots. He's really being more picky about his shot selection and guys like AJ and Max are just thriving right now. Thriving. Um and then they're coming off the bench with John Blackwell and Winter and they got a Sejan playing like he's J.R. Smith. You know, hey, come in the game, hit a few shots, and then sit your ass right down. I don't understand what's going on there, but <laughs> but having Connor Sejan, someone who many felt could be an All Big Ten performer this year, being your eighth or ninth man, this Wisconsin team is tough. I think that they're I think that they're going to play them on par, but I think the big factor in this game is. When Purdue starts to sub, I Wisconsin's second group is better than Purdue's, in my opinion. And they're going to be at home. It's going to be a crazy crowd. I like Wisconsin. I think they're better. But you know what? Whenever Purdue's back is against the wall in a game that they shouldn't win or it's going to be pretty close, they end up destroying. Like we saw that all non-conference where, where they were – Pick to finish like one and two in Maui, or like there's no way they're going to win out. Ooh, F FDU this, FDU that. Mm-hmm. Are do you guys know if they're going to be underdogs or Absol- they'll, absolutely? Absolutely, pos- I can look, but I think in it'll pos- be at Picks least
0: in Purdue, probably
2: two and a half, three. It'll be at least a point and a half for Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. In games like that, I just see Purdue kind of just rise above it. I think there's going to be a big game for Lance Jones. Lance Jones versus Matt Klezman is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, It's it's going to be – I can't wait for this game. It's going to be such – it's going to be such a good game. I can't wait. Um, This is going to be big when it comes to the Big Ten race. If Wisconsin wins this game, they're going to win the Big Ten. If you haven't seen the rest of their games, if Wisconsin wins this game, they're going to win the Big Ten. If they lose this game, now they're tied – Now Purdue can, you know, possibly no they they may end up tying, but I think if Wisconsin wins this game, I think Wisconsin's gonna is gonna um uh solo it. No ties. I I just listen, I
1: Wisconsin's awesome. They're fun to watch. A little bit of a different wrinkle to their to their team in general just like with the fact that they are just interesting and exciting a little bit and you know last time they had a deep run in the ncaa tournament they had dudes and they've got dudes on this team dudes that they haven't had in a few years um i just keep coming to the back coming back to the fact that i just think purdue is like thanos like they're just inevitable like they it doesn't matter if they get punched in the mouth, doesn't matter if they're favored, doesn't matter if they're underdogs like if Purdue is an underdog and you are betting, it would be wise to bet on Purdue if Purdue is getting points. um I also think that this team is not afraid of anything. I think that Lance Jones is like a huge difference maker in a game like this. Um, Wisconsin is not. They're way too good to say that they are like a Cinderella story and like the clock is going to strike midnight. But like every team, every year, and, and you, I'm sure you'll agree with this, they have a stinker. Like they, they always have a stinker. Like they, you get hype for a game and, and it's a stinker. It could be on the road. Maybe their stinker was against Penn State, and I'm totally wrong. But every team has a stinker. I don't think Purdue is capable of like – Uh, in this big of a game of having any sort of a stinker. So I'm going to ride with Purdue until they prove me otherwise. Would I be surprised if Wisconsin wins? Absolutely not. I think they're favored for a reason. I think that, I think Ant made a great point about how deep they are. Um, Connor season coming off the bench is just a perfect example of that. Uh, Like any game, Zach Eady is really important, but like it comes down to the guards. And if Braden Smith has a 16 assist game again or anything close to that, that's good news for Purdue. But like, man, it's gonna be fun to watch four incredibly underrated guards go against each other in the in the national media. Obviously, they are as good as it comes in the Big Ten. And then, can Stephen Crow play one on one defense against Zach Eady? He may be the best, most capable guy in the entire Big Ten. You know, Zach, he's as great as he is, but he's not known for passing the ball out. He's not known for not dominating games and taking a back backseat. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, all eyes on the, from the entire country are going to be on this game, which doesn't happen every weekend for, for the big 10. Um, so you just got to hope it's a great one, like Purdue versus Northwestern tonight. And, uh, again- again, you wake up the next morning, you tell me Wisconsin one, you tell me Purdue one, I won't be surprised either way. I just can't go against purdue i There's just something about them that just makes me think that you know they are they have their Virginia esque storyline running where the yes they lost to a sixteen seed and it was embarrassing, and now they are coming back with the same group better than ever, looking. They got bigger goals than winning on the road at Wisconsin. It's like Wisconsin just standing in their way uh on the on the way for their whole journey, so we'll see. It's gonna be a really, really fun game.
2: I think they yeah, double think. them though oh yeah, I think they double them And North, Northwestern know what didn't did, do a,
1: didn't, but
2: they didn't do a they didn't do a bad job Northwestern like Edie had like thirteen and eight on like seven shots yeah. Right the first like what like thirty minutes. Then he, then he just kind of just went, you know. Yeah. After that, because there's a, as soon as Nicholson fouled out, he's like a running back. You know, like
0: you, like-, keep,
1: like you keep running it. You you already kind of made this same analogy, but like if you run the ball over and over again, eventually, like Michigan football, right? Like yeah. you're going to get tired in the second half, and they're going to break off a huge run. And Edie had a 60 yard touchdown in that yeah. end of the second half.
0: Yeah, that's what yeah. I was gonna say. Is I don't know if I've seen a team like tire out Wisconsin this year. Obviously, Wisconsin struggled against Penn State, and they struggled early on. Uh, who was that? Providence was that who they lost to early on that they struggled yeah. with. Um, so obviously, they've had their struggles, but like that's what Purdue does to you. You know, they talk about the boa constrictor for Michigan football. That's literally Zach Eady. It is like every single possession is so hard to score on Purdue and then you go back down the court and Zach Eady beats you up and those guards run you to death, you know, around ball screens and everything else. Um, and so I'm, j- I'm very interested to see how the bigs for Wisconsin uh, respond to that. And, you know, just Wisconsin in general, being tired, uh, not having much juice left toward the end of the game, if they can pull away uh, and win this one over Purdue. I mean, they'll obviously have home court and that'll help re- uh, energize them, but Nebraska is crappy
2: tomorrow, you, though. Nebraska is a little say? trappy tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Lincoln, Wisconsin at, at Lincoln
1: in, tomorrow. That, a little trappy It's almost like Nebraska is becoming not even eligible for a trap game if you're going there. Like you know <laughs> what what you're going to expect. It's like playing Northwestern on the road. Like they're going to score 85, so you better out you better score more than 85 points. I, that's a great point, though. In the Grand is Juwan the Gary play, back? Is Juwan Gary back? He's been questionable for a week and a half. I bet he plays tomorrow. If he, I
0: bet he plays, I hope tomorrow. hope he does.
2: I want to see him versus AJ Storner. Yeah, that's I great. That, so, that, that going to be some crop of wings, decent crop of wings this year, man. Definitely, like in the it's just so funny because
1: in any other Big Ten year, right? You know, you know what you're getting because you watched guys the year before and 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 the year before that, and they're juniors now, and you're like, "All right, Sam decker's gonna make the jump, you know, but like now you get guys transferring in, and you you forget everybody like you just you forget who who is who and who has what role and yeah, it's like it's like less about guys being underrated and more about being like unknown and uh yeah. it's uh yeah, it is a good crop- it is a good crop of wings it's a it's a very fun Big Ten year, like very fun teams and very fun players. With and every and guys have charisma and like it, every home court is a fun atmosphere. Like home teams are winning every single game, basically. If you're not named Ohio State, so like it's <laughs> it, it. It's just a fun year for Big have Ten. You been to Nebraska yet, Joey? Huh.
0: Have you been to Nebraska yet?
1: I mean, I've played there,
0: right? But I'm like saying this season. Like, did you go there this season at all?
1: Oh no, I haven't gone. I, oh, man. I
0: they're the I they're know. the arena that I want to be at the most so far this That's year. the We're most underrated
1: Nebraska. arena in the Big Ten. And, yeah, and and not underrated, it's just unknown.
0: <laughs> Was it always chaos when you played there?
1: Oh, absolutely. They got you know they got nothing else to do in Lincoln,
2: respectfully. So they they support their Cornhuskers as they should. Nebraska and Arkansas are very similar. Yeah, absolutely. Very very similar. In terms of like fan bases like that's all that they got. That's that's it. That's it. Just it's Nebraska creating basketball a little bit but it's Nebraska and it is Arkansas. There's no pro teams around, no nothing like the state school. That's it. I need Nebraska in the NCAA tournament. I just need it. They're going to yeah.
1: What? Who in the world? What six seed wants to play Nebraska when they shoot forty threes a game? And <laughs> Tominaga is shooting from forty five feet, and Fred Hoiberg is playing fourteen guys deep. Like, I mean, nobody is going to want to play Nebraska.
2: I need mean, Nebraska and uh, Indiana State because they both shoot a ton I, of three, and they're crazy. Don't fast. even get
1: me started with Indiana State. They're my favorite team to watch in, in the entire country, and my favorite player in the entire country. They're so unselfish. What's the point guard's name? Um, what is the point guard's name? It's like they're Chibot, It's and then they, but the guy is is Avila. He's unbelievable. He might as well yeah, be their. Oh,
2: the dude with the goggles. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the little guard though. The little guard. Um, why am I smoked? Yeah, are.
1: Their head coach is a uh, dark, dark, dark horse DePaul guy. Mm, I don't like that for him. I don't like it for him. I love it for DePaul.
0: <laughs> <sighs> I, uh, and I selfishly live. for myself. There's so,
2: there's so much. I, is there more than just There's. A, there's got to be something else going on with DePaul, man. What's going on? Do they have the Miami problem where every state of athletics is like too far away from campus? Well, yes. And also like, have you, I mean, DePaul
1: doesn't really even have a campus to begin with, right? Because it's in the city. Um, yeah. uh, yes. They have like the Northwestern problem of when they played at all state arena, essentially. Like y- you got to take trains and buses and Ubers to get to the stadium instead of walking. But like people That's just don't much. care,
2: like yeah. they just don't care. That's what there's it seems. The Bulls, like. Blackhawks. I mean, there's other stuff going on in right? Chicago. The Northwestern Sox, you got baseball teams. You got Northwestern.
1: Yeah, it's just tough. Like it is weird, and it's it's also weird because it seems like not only do the fans not care, but like it seems like DePaul doesn't care either. I don't know. It's yeah. It's a really really nice beautiful new stadium they have. And the women's team is solid. They're really solid. So they get guys know. like they they get good recruits. They do. They need the Chicago State coach. That would be a good hire too for them because he turned that around so quickly.
2: They just got a. They just got a another commit who's like a three star. They it's just got one. Yeah, they just got one.
1: Kids Chicago from uh, state,
2: Chicago
1: when, I was a se- when I was a senior in high school, Chicago State offered like two
2: hundred kids in the state of Illinois.
1: Are they They're like Bryant? That now.
2: Bryant and like Oakland does that. They like offer everyone that they can. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. like, there were, there, there. I had a
1: buddy who was offered by Chicago State when he made a run. They made a, his high school made a run to the, to the final four in the state. And he got offered by Chicago State and instead played D3 basketball at Illinois Wesleyan. So, I mean, like, that was what was happening. Poor mm-hmm. Chicago State. Just have to think: what if Mark Titus was the coach there a few years ago? You just have to think about that.
2: <laughs> Penn State's beating Rutgers by fifteen with fifteen seconds left at the rack. Mm.
1: What ha- Rutgers? It's just an off. It's like an. It's like a, just a weird transition year. They lost guys. If they didn't. Had think had they were two gonna more leave.
2: guards. If they had two more guards, if they had all- Cam Spencer, period. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's so funny.
1: There, everyone's like, "Oh my god, Rutgers It's just like they just need a couple dudes." Like what? Ha-? It's like no.
2: The dudes who left in June, up. those dudes who left after the portal. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was it was crazy because because pretty much both of them were like all on board with coming back. Next thing you know, you know, calls were made. It's just crazy, but. Calls were
1: made. Talk about fun teams. They're going to be really, really fun
2: next year. They're going to be fun. I don't know how good they're going to be. Fun. No, we're they, talking fun. They need to dig in the portal. They they need to dig in the portal for some help. But you know they're going to have a couple pros, which is going to make it a lot of fun to watch for sure. And it's going to
1: be packed at the rack every night. Already a tough place to play. They're going to be fun. That you're right. No, yeah. fun doesn't mean good. And 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 good does and good doesn't mean fun either. Right,
2: and it's a hard conference. It's a hard conference to just come in and just do your thing, man. It's hard conference, man. Best coach league, I think, top to bottom, year yeah. in year out. Best, well best scouted.
1: scouted. Yeah,
2: Yeah.
1: hundred percent. And and that, and next year, it's like you can't even. You got to be. You got to be solid, or else you're not going to make the tournament
2: at the end of the year. Yeah. Like it's just the big Ten that's, tournament I can't eight, wait eight, right I can't wait for big Ten tournament bubble watch yeah man those games would be like hey if this team loses this they only have six games left that's it that's it for
1: T- tiebreakers it's like it's like oh. all right I mean the dream is more than you'd rather I'd rather watch Rutgers versus Nebraska to see who makes it in the last spot than Purdue versus Wisconsin to win the conference. Exactly. Absolutely. It's just
2: amazing. It, it, it'll it be great theater. I just hope that... rush the court, confetti fall and hang the banner. Yeah, right there. It's like, it's like, it's, it's you, tournament, 25. like,
1: I mean, it's it's crazy, but it's like going to be, there's going to be shades of like when these low major teams win their conference tournament and all they did was get a chance to be a six seed. 16 seed and lose by 50 in the first round of the of the NCAA tournament. It's like you know, you can only celebrate for so it's it is gonna be wild. I do like it though. You shouldn't every team shouldn't make it. That's
2: fine. It's just, yeah, but I love it. People are like, if if you're a part of the conference, then then you should be able to participate. I'm like, no, absolutely not. No, if you want to half-ass your way, then half-ass your way to the off season. Like, no. <laughs> Got to win. Winning matters. No participation 18 trophies. Eighteen teams is a lot, bro. I can't believe they're. Wait, what are we doing? Eighteen teams.
1: I I oh. I. I can't believe they're not playing more
2: than twenty games. But I mean, I, then you would have to play less non-con. And like right. I'm for, I think what they should do, bro, and um. I think someone was like, it's dumb having two games before January. I'm like, you know what? Give me five or six more conference games in January. Put more non-conference games in February. You know, like give these teams a breather from each other.
1: I, I love that idea. And I also like, okay, so maybe you don't play Tennessee Technical Institute State and Robert Morris School for the Poor. And instead you're playing two more games against Big Ten opponents. Like you'll survive.
2: Yeah. It's I'm a better chance for, for you to
1: make the NCAA tournament.
2: I'm all for that. You know what? I think I I legit think end of January, early February. I really think that there should be already neutrals already set up for a lot of these, for a lot of these, for like the high majors. I think they gotta bring back the um the uh what they call those games. They call them the the, the the bracket buster games where they had games for like twenty four hours, they used to have those those games where were like, like the number three team from this conference played the number three team from this conference and they played like two against two, one against one. It's not set before the season. It is not set before the season. They set it like a couple months in once they kind of see how things are going to pan out. I like that idea. Um, I I would love that for. I would love that for high major too. Like look, like there's going to be set neutral these you're know, you know, going to have games played over here. Da, da, da. I don't know how to logis- logistically do it, but I just think that you know, Purdue played Marquette, right? In November. Yep. These two teams are not the same right now. Right? How does that game look? Purdue could win again. I don't know. But a lot happens. Guys become eligible. Guys become ineligible, right? Guys get hurt. Guys come back from injury, right? I want to see how teams are in February. There's way too much emphasis being put on non-con games that happened four or five months ago when teams are way different now. Like, does Michigan beat St. John's at Madison Square Garden tomorrow? No, because no, Doug and Daniel can't travel. Because <laughs> Doug can't go. <laughs> Doug or not, Doug or not, that's not a blowout win for Michigan. I tell you that much right now. And does Ohio State beat Alabama? Same thing. Does, yeah, does Ohio State beat? You know, give like I want to know. And we're and we're closer. We're closer to March than we are to beginning in November. Right? Give me that. I like it. Give me, give me more meaningful basketball games. Absolutely. And that's a money grab. People want a money grab. There oh, you God. go. That's a money grab for you. That's a money grab for you. Who's better, UConn or UConn or Purdue? Man. Well, find out. Here, <laughs> go play in uh, some like random gym in northern Kentucky. Go. Have fun. Go play. It'll be on Peacock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Hey, this is a great episode, guys. I really appreciate both of you being here. Uh, I learned a lot. I know anybody else who stuck around, we still got uh, 20 people watching. So uh, anybody else who stuck around, I know they learned a lot. They
1: deserve Uh, a prize.
0: They do. Yeah, they they do. Um, but I think we'll end it here. And thank you so much for coming on, Joey. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing all your thoughts and everything. Uh, you guys are great. I appreciate both of you and, uh, hope to have you guys on again sometime. Uh, you know, another time for those of you watching, thank you so much for watching. We appreciate it. Have a good one.